Welcome back to the PCS Podcast, your home for all things competitive Pokemon TCG. In this episode, we're going to be going over the Bogota, Indonesia, and Philippines Championships, and we're going to be going into a quick MetaShare study regarding the current meta. We have a huge card discussion, which is going to take up most of our time, so that's really going to wrap up our show. I am your host, Drew, and with me, as always, is Justin. Justin, how are we doing this week, buddy? I'm doing great. Uh, as far as Pokemon Standard goes, not great. I went to locals and lost every single match. Um, no. I decided to pick up. Yeah, I know it was. It was um, picked up Lugia first time in a very very long time. I played Lugia and just had the absolute worst draws, worst worst matchups. Played against like super path heavy decks. Played against a Maridon um, when I was playing No Dunsparce and just. Um, had a had a grand old time, but then after that, I actually had to hang out and uh, play some 2002 Wizards of the Coast format um, decks that I brought with me with a bunch of the locals, which was, um, gotta say, a lot of fun. Um, just absolute blast. Uh, a couple of the guys, or I don't want to say new guys, they've been around for a while, but newer to this shop guys um, are actually interested in retro, so got to play a ton of retro, and looking forward to doing a lot more of that here in the future. Oh, that's How are you doing, cool. Drew? Oh, I'm good. Uh, work was just incredibly busy last week, and we had uh, doctor's appointments, and Mother's Day, and my wife's birthday on the same day, so it was an absolutely crazy week for me. Uh, very happy to have made it out alive, and I got to play a little bit of Pokemon simultaneously went to locals i am still kind of playing lugia back and forth uh i took two cards off of reagan's list from portland and the deck is immaculate it is so fun i thoroughly enjoy that deck and archetype right now it just seems more fair it has much more bad matchups now than it used to but the core of the deck is still very fun to play and I went, I went 3-0, but my opponents let me down and didn't win, so I didn't get that first place seeding that I wanted. And, you know, with locals being very small in the city that I live in, you know, they never go to four rounds unless the whole house is full. So, uh, super fun. Can't wait to play it again. I don't see myself unsleeving that deck for a minute. Um, but speaking of Pokemon events, we had some uh, some really cool ones this weekend, and some of them you know, actually merited some really cool finishes and some really cool features because of those wins. But first, we'll talk about uh, Bogota, Colombia. I'm pretty sure I'm saying that name right, wrong. But uh, yeah, I digress. 78 Masters. This was a League Cup. Uh, this was a special event, so it did award CP. And uh, Andrew Hedrick, someone who we've talked about a whole bunch on this pod, went down to Colombia and took the dub with the uh, Lost Zone Toolbox. What do you got to say about this list, man? Yeah, uh, just first, Andrew Hedrick becoming such a household name lately. Um, I mean, the man is on fire with uh, with, his, with his skills, honestly. But yeah, uh, actually, I'm not going to lie, the list is extremely, extremely similar how I kind of have this deck built right now. Um, but just going super, super turbo, um, really relying on getting a couple comfies out, Colrissing, um, using the lost vacuum to get rid of uh, tools like um, or, yeah tools like the four seal stone after they've used it and everything like that, 
and really just trying to go for that turn two uh, Mirage Gate attack on some of those variety attackers like uh, Greninja, Raikou, uh, Dragonite V, Drapion V, um, whatever you're needing at that time. And I mean, it's it seems like this deck would be like so risky and hard to pull that off. But the fact that you're playing those Forest Seal Stones and things like that and just going ultra aggressive and turbo um i mean it's really working out and this deck is like really just popping off which is is amazing to see yeah i tend to agree and if you look at the list man it's super consistent yes this deck will get locked out very hard by things like item lock but that's just not very prevalent in today's format and the way that this is built with the one drapion the dragonite the raikou uh the halucha to fix the sableye math and so on and so forth uh turboing out with all these switch cards with all of these items and being able to really chew through the resources in your deck very fast uh it covers a very wide field and with your matchups being like mew heavy or just like lugia and then um arceus uh giratina it's nice to have that sky seal stone option but the forest seal stone will definitely push you through a lot of your better matchups faster yeah, I think the combo of the Forest Seal Stone and Sky Seal Stone in this deck is absolutely just, it's its brilliant. Um, because depending on the matchups, that's where you're going to choose which one you really need to use. Like, obviously, if you're going against something like a Mew VMAX, uh, Drapion plus Sky Seal Stone, I mean, that's kind of a, a really good combo there So uh, against Mew VMAX. And then if you are really going for that early game, just aggression, the Forest Seal Stone... Uh, like I mentioned, if you're missing that one piece, say you're missing the Lost Vacuum or you're missing the Colrus from hand or something like that, that'll literally find you that missing piece, which then also gets you to that turn two Mirage Gate attack, and you can go in with something heavy hitting like that uh, Dragonite V and potentially take a, a donk in the right situation or just uh, deny your opponent from setting up. Um, just, yeah, I mean, like you said, item heavy but at the same time there's not really item lo- no one's playing Bennett ex let's be real yes 100 um, so so you are good to go in this deck um i mean even seeing the thing like the suing heavy ball in there to make sure you're fine if you do happen to prize that one card you need uh like the drapion v or something like that you can find it i mean this has got pretty much all the answers in a very consistent list yeah it just with with as much rope as in this format like you're not worried about flying peak and stuff like that anymore this is just this is the right way to play Lasso in Toolbox with Radiant Greninja. I just clean cut, simple, straight to the point. And yeah, it's sick. Uh we would talk about a second place list, um, but Eder or Eater, uh Harila uh Hario. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so bad at names today. Uh got caught stacking uh in top four round uh and was DQ'd from the finals. Like you could see them get on the stream to play against Andrew. And they're like looking over, wondering what's going on, and all of a sudden, Andrew's the champ. So like you really can't take anything away from Andrew's performance going eight oh two, but you know, the first seed coming through and then getting caught cheating in their previous round and having that result in a full DQ. That's just I don't know. It's poor sportsmanship, man. And apparently they've done this before at a special event, and I really hope they learn and grow from this or just don't come back to the game at all. Yeah, I all I've got to say is, um, well, there's a couple of things I got to say, but the there was multiple videos that surfaced um, from this event and this player specifically, uh, which is wild to think. Like whenever I saw the first video, it was just like, wow, that is really like 
it looks like they're stacking and even if they aren't like that's a really horrible way to shuffle and then the next video popped up then the next video popped up and it was just like two or three videos in the same event of them very obviously cheating uh probably the most notable one is the one where the rcsv star gets put to the top of the deck um i mean and it's just very obvious in that one and as much as I'd like to say that I hope they learn and grow from this, uh, with this being a not a first-time offense and doing it just very blatantly on the stream, I personally think um, this is required or this deserves a ban. Unfortunately, Pokemon is very weird about giving out bans. They've banned people who don't deserve bans uh, in the past, and they've banned people who do deserve bans, or not banned people who do deserve bans. Um, so. We'll see if anything actually comes from this, but I think in this situation, personally, I think, you know, I'm all about growth and people learning, but this was just straight up blatant. I'm going to take advantage of everyone in the situations and win this event um, by cheating. So I think this is ban-worthy. Um, I don't know if you feel the same way. I don't know if our listeners feel the same way, but once you see those videos online and you kind of, or the videos that are floating around like Twitter and stuff like that, and you find out that, it's not the first time it's happened. Uh, I just, that's how I personally feel. Um, I don't feel like you should be cheating at a truthfully a kid's card game. Oh, I, I 100% agree with that testament. The, the whole reason behind me wanting them to learn and grow is because I just, I'm in a position now with me being as, you know, new to the game as I am, I guess. Um, I just know that people don't get banned. Like, (laughs) it's just the way the Pokemon TCG works for me now. Like you still have, um your greninjas in the lap and so on and so forth so um it's i don't know it's it's an unfortunate circumstance and they do belong to a pretty well-renowned tcg uh like group um they will remain unnamed at this time but they've definitely got some reflecting to do on their staff too if they're gonna pay to represent these people and this person's gonna wear their logos on stream and stuff like that like you might want to look into the quality of your your people your staff so yeah and that's and that that is kind of interesting too because obviously being a part of this team they practice together um and you would think he was a great player obviously if he's practicing with his team but it's like you know do they know this guy does this to be better at playing or so like i said rename uh remain unnamed and stuff like that until everything's resolved but um as far as edder the player um i still stand by the band aspect but like you said we'll see what pokemon if they actually even do anything yeah but back to that previous testament that you just made um does the team practice cheating i i i didn't (laughs) that's i was gonna say that i didn't want to say that because i didn't want people to put two and two together if they figure out the team name i'm not saying like we're not saying as pcs that we're saying they right cheat and practice cheating but it does make you you know, wonder, obviously. But, but I mean, this is a, this is just an idea because we've seen specific testing groups who have had bad apples on their team do specific things at events. And then you have to take the whole group into question when something like this comes to light. So that is true. We do. Yeah. We have seen this in the past where we do start questioning the groups as whole, because obviously they do practice together and to be a part of that group, they've got to be at, at least at somewhat of a caliber of a player or somewhat caliber of a cheater. But, you know, then again, that's 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. it we, is what it is. We'll never know. And, uh, you know, maybe I'm just playing the game wrong because I don't cheat, but I also just don't do well. So maybe that just goes hand in hand. Um, but that's enough shit talking. I think, um, you know, truthfully, we're just we, playing devil's advocate. We, yeah, we, we love the game. We like good sportsmanship and we're going to poke fun at anyone who doesn't partake in the same, um, you know, like-minded thoughts. Uh, the Indonesia championships had 335 players. Uh, Yakmika won with Mu VMAX. And there's a single great ball in this list. And I can't tell if I'm being memed when um, when this list was put out into the public. But, I mean, it kind of makes sense if you're stuck behind path and you need to dig that seven cards deeper to try to just keep attacking with Mew. Uh, it makes sense. But I just... <laughs> like, you have four Ultra Ball, you've got two nest ball, one feather ball, and then your VIPs, of course. So your Pokemon search exists, but one great ball doesn't necessarily tilt the scale one way or another for me. I could see merit in it, but at the same time, it's kind of meme-worthy. What are your thoughts on this list? I kind of agree. Um, I almost feel like it's supposed to be a second feather ball, and they just couldn't find one in time for the tournament. They're like, well, I guess I'll just throw a great ball in there. <laughs> um, because, I mean, truthfully, realistically, if, like, if that's what you're looking for, like, if you're under path, obviously getting a Genesec is not going to help you. And Which is a fair. Feather Ball is going to find you your Mew and Mew VMAX um, that you would need to maybe attack. Say you're stuck behind just a basic Mew V or you attack previous turn and you can't really switch or anything like that. Um, so, I mean... That would be my thought. Uh, I think I'm just I being memed. I think realistically we're just being memed. Like this is, <laughs> there's no way that a, that a great ball took first place. <laughs> this is kind of the idea, I suppose. I mean, and I guess I could see it. Oh, I don't even, that actually doesn't even make sense. I was going to say, I guess I could see it if you just want to burn a card. But at the same time, you can do the exact same thing going back to, again, feather ball. But then... Maybe it does have that early game use case scenario if you are looking for a Genesect and a Featherball can't grab it for you. And then later on you could also burn it as well if you need to. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe it's just a big meme. But uh, there's, yeah, there's there's 11 Pokemon in this deck. Like your odds of hitting on that Great Ball in your first hand are just slim to none. Like I would rather just have like a like a pokemon catcher or something at that point like yeah you could burn it out of your hand but you have 11 pokemon bro <laughs> yeah i i don't know like i said i i honestly feel like at this point it is the oh man i need a second feather ball i can't find one in time so i guess great ball it is <laughs> yeah i mean I'd, I'd love to interview this player and ask them you know did you actually play a great ball and did it work for you but I think we've stewed on that too much. But the reason why it holds so much weight is because the Indonesia Championships and the Philippine Championships that we're going to talk about here in a second, the winners get day two world invites and paid trips. So, like, which is huge. So, why is Great Ball in this list if that much is at <laughs> stake? <laughs> uh, but going back to what the core of the list is it's four Mu V, three Mu V Max, the four Genesect. Basically everything we've seen, you know, there's no technology in this deck whatsoever. There are four judge, but judge path in Mew is like staple now. It's like the correct way to play Mew. But, you know, there's there's just not much else to say. Like you see one Poke Gear, which is kind of fringe, I suppose. The Palpad, while you're already playing four judge, 
and three boss seems like it doesn't necessarily belong in the list, but I don't know. I don't play Mew a lot, so maybe uh, maybe this is correct and I'm just uh, not well versed. No, I think the list itself, outside of like the the Great Ball and the Palpad is or not Palpad, um, Poke Gear is pretty correct, like you said. Um, I kind of like the Poke Gear though because if you are stuck behind a path and you have that in hand. Um, that could be the chance to find that judge to just also put your opponent back behind um, or judge and potentially find something like a lost vacuum or just whatever you need or just later game if you just need to burn a card to burn a card out of your hand. I mean, what better way to just go pokey gear, look at look at a hand of four judge and three boss and go, oh, I'm just actually going to fail this and shuffle anyways and then be able to draw an extra card off of Genesex. So... Um, yeah, I mean, it's not a horrible inclusion by any means. I, I've always been a fan of Poke Gear, um, but a, I will say one of is weird. Like, I, I would love to see that as a two, but that's just because I feel like if you put one of cards in, you're more likely going to prize it half the time. Yeah, no, I tend to agree. But, you know, winning first place with Mew VMAX, super duper sick. Um, and then we're going to look at the second place list played by uh, Mohamed Putra. They're playing the correct deck which is uh the lugia v-star with the single strike package there are some cards in here that definitely are a little fringy playing the radiant gardevoir that negates 20 po- 20 damage from your opponent's pokemon's v's attacks except for duraludon and the one of choice belt uh, i feel like the new way that lugia kind of plays is you're using it for the ability You don't really want to attack with it because you don't want to have to retreat out with it and burn some of the energies that you can't recycle. Uh, So now in this list with that choice belt, you do potentially make Lugia a threatening attacker. Yes, you're still going to have to put double turbo energy on it, but the same merit that Mew VMAX has where, yes, you're negating uh, X amount of damage with the double turbo, but now you're adding an additional 10 to the base 220, which helps you with the Dragonites and the um tyranitars so it's got a lot of merit in that specific orientation but they also included arvin what can you tell me about arvin in this list i think arvin's a a cool inclusion uh i mean realistically because if you're needing something like an ultra ball or nest ball or whatever i wouldn't say capture an aroma because you kind of want to (laughs) guarantee what you're going to get um, but I mean, it does help you find that one of choice belt, but realistically, that's the only target as far as a tool card in the entire deck. So it is cool in that aspect, especially because you are playing Luminion. So, um, if you are just, just shy of that damage and that choice belt is that one card you need, you can Luminion for the Arvin to get it and then, you know, take that knockout that you need and stuff like that. So it's a cool inclusion. I think its use cases are very slim, um, obviously, just because of the fact that um, it's the choice belt is one of. But other than that, I mean, I think it's a really cool inclusion. The one thing I do find really interesting about this list um, is the fact that they're not running any of the Duraludon or Urshifu that we've been seeing as of late. Mm-hmm. But realistically, with the, the huge decline of Gudra, um, which... The Urshifu replaced the Duraludon because Urshifu swung through the Gudra damage, or damage reduction. Um, with the fall off of Gudra, I don't think it's might it might not even be needed anymore at this point. Um, I still personally like it, but with it being a fighting type that's weak to Psychic and you just being really good as we see it won the entire event, 
Um, I think that might have been the right meta call for this event itself. Yes, for this event, definitely. I think the meta as a whole, people are sleeping on the ability that Duraludon in the Arceus variants actually has. Um, so you realistically auto-lose to that deck because you have no shred attackers in this list whatsoever. But like you said, for this meta, or the, this specific event, they just said, I'm not going to play there against Duraludon, and if I do, it's going to be my... What is it? What was their record? I guess I don't have their record up right now. Uh, but that'll be one of my two losses that I have is just Duraludon, and I won't see it again for the rest of the tournament. So I like the Urshifu specifically because of the Duraludon, but, you know, if you're not going to see it, then why tech for it? Yeah, I th- and I think that's the... The thing there is right now there's not a lot of Duraludon running around. Um, obviously, we did see that 8th place list from Portland um, with the uh, the Umbreons. Oh Duraludon and the Umbreons and stuff like that in the RC stack. Um, I th- some people are picking that up for fun. Myself, personally, I'm, I'm in the process of building it just to play at locals just to see what it's all about. Um, but outside of that, I don't think there's enough Duraludon around for like some of these players will worry about. Like you said, and if they do happen to hit the one in the room, then they go, well, I just lose to that and, you know, on to the next one. Because um, realistically, when you're playing uh, 15 games, 16 games in two days, and you only hit one, that's not a horrible, you know, one of one one round loss because of um, your deck is more consistent against everything else. Yeah, and but it's... It's back to like my dumb deck building mentality. Like if I was playing in this tournament for a trip to Worlds day two at that, um, I would kind of want to have that in my back pocket <laughs> to like not, oh, not no, be I the deciding too. factor. Uh, but def- definitely cool. Love the list. Love the way that Lugia is being played right now. Uh, but then we'll move on to the Philippines. We don't have any fun lists to talk about here. But again, the Philippines, um, if you win, you get a day two invite and uh joshua doctorello went 11 0 and 0 with mu vmax and that's outstanding at a 133 player tourney yeah um i don't think it's very often that uh someone wins uh a regional or a championship going completely undefeated usually there's like one tie or one loss in there and stuff like that so the fact that going 11 and 0 with mu vmax which is also a very um, can be a very coin flippy deck sometimes. You know, sometimes you get stuck behind your own paths and a cramomatic fails, and you just have bad RNG sometimes. So to go eleven and zero, that's actually really sick. I'd be really interested for somebody to come on or somebody who listens to the pod to explain to me how the points system works out. Um, because going eleven and zero, like that would obviously secure you for a seed. Uh, but does that mean in an odd player event like this with so few competitors? Um, if day two gives you a buy of any sorts, or if that gives you an advantage to go 11 and all, because the second place player went eight and three. So you would imagine like a 10 and one player would be the next best person. But, you know, just looking at top 16, you, we just don't have anything like that existing. And Christian Fernandez was the eight, three and oh, loss zone, uh, Kyogre player. And it just, it seems like a mismatch, um, not because of the decks or the players themselves, but uh, the record. So I would love for somebody to come explain how that works to me. That is kind of interesting about the the record being such a big gap because even going into the finals, it would have been a 10-0 versus uh, an 8-2. Um, so granted, 
you know, if it was a 9-1, we wouldn't even blink an eye. It's like, okay, obviously there's not that much of a difference, but maybe just with that amount of players, maybe they, maybe it was requiring X amount of rounds and just everyone, there was no other undefeateds other than Josh, Joshua. Um, and so, you know, it, I, I yeah, I really don't know how that worked, honestly. Yeah, so if you play in the Philippines or if you play in Indonesia, I would love for you to hit the DMs. Um, we are at, on Twitter at, at uh, PCS underscore pod. Um, I would love the breakdown on how these work out because I'm super duper interested. Uh, not that I'm going to make my way over to come steal any CP or invites from you guys, just because I want to know for my own personal gain. Uh, with that being said, we're going to transition into the MetaShare study. We have like a tier list kind of thing going on and the way that it shakes up as of this week s tier consists of lost unbox featuring um the greninjas the dragonites and so on and so forth your uh, your mirage gate lost box if you will a tier consisting of mu genesect sable zard and arctina b tier as the lone deck there is the lugia archaeops with the uh, different variety builds of the single strike energies and so on and so forth your C tier is the Arcdura Piles, Gardevoir, surprisingly, Lossone Gudra, Arc Vulpix, and I feel like that just kind of encapsulates all of the Arc Box as well. Uh, Mirrodon Flaffy, which is very surprising. And then in the D tier, you've got the Giratina Lossone Box, your Inteleon Urshifu, Gardevoir Mewtwo V Union, which is surprising. And then another sneaky deck is Palkia, kind of making its way back up into the ranks. And your Mirrodon Reggie Alecki. Uh, not much has changed. I love that Arctina is moving up and I'm excited to see how it progresses. Yes, it's seen a lot of popularity. It's easy to pilot. It's got a lot of answers and doesn't really have that hard of a counter in this format right now. Gardevoir is seeing a decrease, which is no surprise. There just isn't a perfect way to play it right now. And it is, at the end of the day, a very hard deck to pilot. Mirrodon Flaffy is on the rise, and I suppose that's because of how favorably the deck can prize trade now without the Regieleki VMAX. And Tina Comfy is just barely hanging on. Justin, are you surprised that this deck was supposed to be the BDIF and it's seeing this much of a struggle? Um, I would say I'm about 50-50 on it. Um, one, because uh, obviously being able to just delete anything off the board is obviously going to be very strong. But I think its main issue is the fact that it's a stage two. Um, stage one. Knowing, oh yeah, sorry, stage yeah. one, um, an ev evolution deck. Um, the moment you see the Giratina V come down, you obviously know that's what your opponent's going to be trying to charge up and knock out with. So obviously you as a player, um, and especially in a best two out of three, um, you know, maybe it catches you off guard the first time, but every time, every game after that, you're going to be, the moment they put that V down, you're going to be going and knocking it out and going, sorry about your luck. Granted, you know, the deck might play Thorntons and things like that, but when you're already trading two prizes and then they're having to use a Thornton for their um, tra supporter for turn and things like that, it kind of just seems to put you in a weird position. Um, I just think the, the turbo version that we're seeing in the S tier is so much better of a Lost Zone box than the Tina itself. Um, that and the fact that the the Arctina or the Arctina version that's now an A tier, um, which we did mention last week that we think it was going to move up and it did. Um, I think that version of Giratina is just so much better because with the Arceus, 
you have the options to get yourself set up even better with that Starbirth ability, and you can play a very heavy path uh, version of the deck, which shuts off a lot of other decks right now. So in theory and on paper, as much as that Giratina Lost Box was set to be the BDIF, I think so many other factors are just outweigh that deck um, in you know different varieties. Like I said, different different uh, Giratina versions of the deck are better. Um, different versions of the Lost Zone deck are better, which kind of make that not as good. Um, so yeah, I I think it can see some play, but I do think it definitely belongs in the D tier list, unfortunately. Yeah, which is just, it's so surprising because it has no weakness. It literally deletes everything off the board, whether you're doing 280 damage, which is the perfect number for the format, or using its V-Star power that does require X amount of cards in the Lost Zone. Um, but it's it, but in the same aspect, you've got Lost Zone Gudra, which still teeters between D and C tier as a whole. But it's seeing more success. Yes, negating 80 damage is huge right now. It heals all the damage counters off of itself. And there isn't a whole lot of healing for any deck in this format right now other than Cheryl. And only Inteleon Urshifu can realistically capitalize on that. Or like a techie Gardevoir deck, if you will. But it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense that the two aren't seeing the same um, success. And I couldn't tell you what the difference is between potentially having um like melanie at your disposal with gudra and still being able to execute the game plan that gudra wants to do and giratina just doesn't have that extra supporter other than chorus roxanne boss yeah and i think i think too with gudra's ability of being able to fully heal itself so it's like you're reducing damage, and then whenever you do almost get knocked out, you you make them have to start all over again. Mick combined with the Melanie, which draws you cards, and it's the energy attachment, so you're not necessarily necessarily relying on the Mirage Gates as much now. Um, and then also the like you mentioned, the Giratina, its V Star attack takes ten cards to get in the Lost Zone, and you know we're seeing the Lost the Turbo Lost Zone boxes being able to get seven in, you know potentially getting seven in turn one. But, I mean, you're not going to play a turbo version of Tina. You just, I mean, I don't think you physically can combine the two together. It, it just takes way more building up to get that delete off the board uh, with Giratina's V-Star attack. And then Gudra, like, like I was saying, that just, they, they're so different yet similar. Um, the tankiness and healing and being able to just completely negate all the damage that someone works so hard to put on the board makes it a little bit stronger. Yeah, no, I tend to agree. Uh, we won't waste too much time on talking about the rest of these tiers. I think that the format feels good. It could use like some extra cards to kind of make it very, um, you know, a little bit more wide open. You know, not a lot of decks beat Mew right now unless they could play Drapion or if they hit 310. So it just, uh, yeah, that that's basically all I have to say about the format right now. Lugia being the only B tier deck feels weird but it kind of makes sense i just don't think anything's anything below that in the arctura guard of war lasan gudra um Ar arceus boxes and the miradon flaffies kind of see that same level of success and play 
Yeah, and I think Maridon uh, Regilecki should be like Z tier. Yeah. Um, it should definitely but die. Maridon Flaffy seems better though. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think it has a lot to do with like yes, Maridon's very good. Electric Generator is very good, uh, but Raikou by itself, incredibly strong attacker. And that's why Lasso and Box has so much variety to it. Takes two energy, hits like a brick, swings for a correct weakness. So yeah, uh, that basically wraps it up for the MetaShare study. We are going to transition over to PokeGuardian, and we're going to talk about the Pokemon 151 cards that we have had released as of late. Um, just give our brief thoughts and kind of go over some of the really cool stuff that we have coming out in this set, and there's quite a few cool things, man. Uh, the first card that we're going to talk about... Oh, do you have something to say? I'm so sorry. Oh, no, you're good. I was going to say, yeah, there's... Uh, I... I'm actually really enjoying a lot of the cards that are coming out there. I mean, there's some that are just meh, but there's some that are like really cool. Yeah. And we've put this off for a while. I really did think on Friday last week, we were going to get the full set release. And that's why I had hopes of doing a full video and putting it on YouTube for that. But, um, stars didn't align. We didn't get the full release. So when we get the full set list, just and I are going to go ahead over to YouTube and give our thoughts on the entire set and probably talk about some decks and some ways to play uh, these specific cards. So for the clickbait, Charizard EX will be for the first card that we talk about. Um, it's a Fire-type Pokemon, 330 HP. It's got an attack for one fire. Resolute Wings, it does 60 damage, and if this Pokemon has any damage counters on it, this attack does 100 more damage. So 160 damage for one energy and one damage counter. That's baller. And then for four fire, you do detonating vortex for 330 damage and you discard three energy from this Pokemon. Justin, thoughts before we theory craft? Uh, I think it's incredibly strong and um, I definitely think this will be not only because it's Charizard, but a chase card because I think it will actually be uh, playable. Um, you know, it's kind of very... Not often they make a Charizard actually super playable. Like we've seen the VMAX scenes to play and stuff like that in the past. And obviously Radiant Charizard's really good. But um, yeah, this will be the first stage two that's actually really good in quite a while. Yeah, this thing is kind of bonkers. Yes, it's a stage two, but this the HP threshold it has plus the attacks. We have access to the Go Charizard as well, which is also a stage two but it makes every single one of your fire energy worth two fire energy. We also have Magma Basin in this format, so accelerating to this Pokemon is not going to be an issue if you realistically only need two attachments. Every turn has access to Cheryl. It's insane the amount of support that this specific card has in this format. Yeah, and then... Um... You know, the Magma Basin aspect, it, it literally plays with that first attack, so it's like you can attach the energy from the discard pile, put damage on it, and then now you're swinging for 160 while accelerating your energy. And then obviously attachment for turn. I mean, realistically, for two attachments, uh, two attachments or one attachment and one magma base, and you could be doing the 330 attack as well too if you have that uh, Pokemon Go Charizard out on the field um, as well. So I could definitely see this deck playing like a 4-2-4 line with a bunch of rare candies, um, superior or uh, super rod when it comes back out and things like that. Um, 
And then with that Go Charizard, uh, you also play the Radiant Zard as well, too, for a later game cleanup um, because you're already playing the Magma Basins and Fire Energies and all that stuff. So um, you could literally play a whole Charizard-based deck, um, which is pretty cool. I don't think we've seen something like that other than, uh, God, I don't even remember the set, but uh, there was another Zard that did uh, more damage. I think it was Leon Zard or something like that, mm-hmm. but that was a whole Charizard-based deck. Yep, for sure. I mean, you could realistically play the Charizard V-Star still because that came out in Brilliant Stars. So you could play a quad Zard deck and do <laughs> basically everything you want to do. <laughs> That's It's silly. Don't do it. Um, but we also have the Armor Rouge in this format that I love playing with Arceus right now and being able to Magma Base into the bench, transition it to the active Pokemon. Gives you that Cheryl flexibility as well. I know I keep saying this card very often in this pod but i feel like if you have 330 hp it's going to be difficult to chop through you because cramorant's not swinging for weakness that's a caveat to its attack so there's nothing that has more than 330 hp right now that you realistically get stopped by that's you know water attacking if you will so i i think if you can get the candies and draw correctly this deck could be insane magma base into the bench armor to the active uh yeah charizard looks baller blastoise ex take it away justin uh blastoise ex it's 330 hp stage two um it's got the ability solid shell this pokemon takes 30 less damage from attacks so effectively 360 you're trying to one hit it um and then for two water energies twin cannon 140 uh, times discard up to two basic water energies from your hand. This attack does 140 damage for each card discarded this way. So swinging 280 without any kind of extra damage modifiers if you discard those two water energies. Um, retreat of three, weak to lightning, uh, resistance to nothing. Um, another pretty decent card, especially with all the water support we've coming out or got coming out in Paldea Evolved with the Chen Pao and the Backscalibur. Um, I mean, I know that is two stage twos and a base, you know, another basic EX, but, um, realistically you could make it work relying really heavily on rare candies, uh, rare candies and the Irida line to find those rare candies in the water poke one that you need. So, um, just again, another really interesting card, um, a little weaker than the Charizard itself, but with 360 HP, I think it's huge, uh, huge wall, honestly. Oh yeah, absolutely. This thing is going to resist a lot you know if you think that you're hitting for the correct amount of damage with raikou that negating 30 is actually going to make or break whether you hit that math entirely and i think that that's very important to understand with this card Uh, again another card that seeks a benefit from having a lot of support in the format because with lake acuity you could also negate another 20 damage because of the water energy that's on it so this thing gets incredibly beefy it's a very very cool card i'm very excited to see how it transitions and irida being able to streamline all of those stage twos is bananas yeah and i actually wonder too once we get the official translation or like the official printed cards to, uh with that ability if uh the minus 30 is before applying weakness and resistance or after um because you know sometimes the cards do have that caveat to them i have to um, assume it's before yeah, and if it's before, that's a lot stronger because if someone's hitting for lightning weakness, that's effectively 60 damage that's not happening to it because weakness would double it. So, um, 
yeah, if it's before applying weakness and resistance, that'd be really good for this card. Yep, for sure. Um, next card we're going to talk about is the Venusaur. This one definitely got the shaft. Um, 340 HP, which is sick. It's a stage two. Again, the ability Soothing Bloom once during your turn. If this Pokemon is in the active spot, you may heal 60 damage from one of your Pokemon. And it's attack for two grass and one colorless. Potent Whip does 150 damage, and your opponent's active Pokemon is now poisoned and confused. I hate it when they do this to my Pokemon, man. <laughs> like, like, you had every opportunity to make this card just as good as Charizard and Blastoise, but no. Odd man out. Like, the ability soothing Bloom, you, uh,. You get to attack for Dra- with Drapion for free. You just heal that 60 damage you have to put on one of your Pokemon. Yippee. <laughs> uh, but that's uh, really all this Pokemon's got going for it right now. Yeah, I feel like Venusaur is one of those cards that like always gets like shafted, unfortunately. Um, although he's my favorite of the original trio, too. And yeah, it's like that ability could be could be strong if the second like the attack itself was better but 150 and poisoned and confused that's just like like we were talked about earlier the amount of escape ropes we're already seeing and switch cards and things like that obviously they're going to get rid of poison get out of confusion and yeah it's just unfortunate that it got the the worst out of the the three yeah like 340 hp is great but it just there's no supporter in the format right now other than maybe Hizui and Lilligan's V-Star power that's going to help you streamline Venusaur EX, but like, you, you can't outpace the other two. They've got much more support in the format, and that's what makes it feel so bad. Uh, Justin, why don't you go ahead and talk about Onyx? Yeah, uh, so Onyx is a basic Pokemon, uh, 120, H- 120 HP uh, for two colorless energies, Thumping Avalanche uh, 80 times, Discard the top five cards of your deck. This attack does 80 damage for each Pokemon with a retreat cost of exactly four discarded this way. Um, and then for two fighting and two colorless, heavy impact for 100 damage. Uh, retreat of four, weak to grass, resistance to nothing. Um, I think this mechanic is really cool. Um, I like when they throw mechanics like this into the game. And I want to say there was a Steelix that was similar to this there was, in the past. Yeah. Um with the four retreat cost, but uh, unfortunately, I just don't think there's enough going on for it. I mean, you would really have to make sure you're hitting nothing but Pokemon because you are milling yourself five cards every turn mm-hmm. in order to do damage, and it would feel really bad to whiff any Pokemon with a four retreat cost um, for no damage, assuming you also have a double turbo on there too. Um, so if you even hit one, now you're only doing 60 damage. So... Yeah, cool concept, not a great card. Um, maybe this is the partner for the Venusaur EX, yes. but without its evolution line. <laughs> yes, precisely. The Venusaur. Yeah, we have a lot of stage twos that you can throw into a deck, basically. Uh, put them all in. You got Miriam, which is really cool. Um, double colorless means, yes, you can attack with double turbo energy. You would subtract 20 from the total after the card's discard- discarded, so it's not 60 times. Um but it has the potential to hit for a whole lot, but it's high risk, high reward. You know, you're milling your deck. Miriam will put the Pokemon back in, but how many double turbos did you part ways with during that time? If we still had twin energy in this format, different story. 
Yeah, this seems like a good go to your locals and if you want to waste $5 just to, to meme around uh, deck. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the new Raichu, this one's all right. The ability uh, connect you, I'm pretty sure it's not going to translate that way. When one of your Pokemon is knocked out by damage from an attack from your opponent's Pokemon, you may move a lightning energy card from that Pokemon to this Pokemon. So it's built in EXP share. It's not a rule box Pokemon, so it's kind of cool. And then for two lightning and one colorless, it does thunder for um, 80 damage and it does 50 damage to itself. So that's kind of bad like if it did 30 damage to itself that'd feel a little bit better but you take a little under half of its hp away for attacking one time with it yeah that's that's a huge chunk of damage and if if lost box stays like pretty prevalent i mean it's just yeah it just makes an easy lost box target unfortunately yes which is uh, a bad time uh go ahead and talk about omastar this one's kind of the weaker of the three fossils uh, so Omastar, uh, stage 2, 158, 150 HP with the ability Uncivilized Tentacles. As long as this Pokemon is in the active spot, your opponent's active active Pokemon can't retreat. Uh, for 2 water, Aqua Split is 90. This attack also does 30 damage to 2 of your opponent's benched Pokemon. Uh, retreat of 3, weak to lightning, no resistance. Um, like we keep saying, switch cards, escape ropes, all that stuff, so heavy in the format currently. Uh, will probably stay somewhat prominent going into when this stuff comes out. So, unfortunately, that ability is not super great. Um, the Aqua Split is kind of interesting for 90, and then you're sp- splitting 30 damage to Pokemon. But for a Stage 2 that evolves from a Fossil um, on, and a Retreat of 3 itself, uh, I just think this card's too weak to really see any kind of play. Oh, I tend to agree. I don't think you can outpace them. Even if you streamline Irida in a deck like this because Omastar is a water type, um, you're just not realistically trapping anything that's not going to one-hit you back. You know, If you want to start spreading all those damage counters, weaken everything, kind of create a board state for yourself, hitting 90 into the active isn't trapping anything worth really hitting because you're two-shotting a Bibarel if that's your strategy to get them to not retreat. So it's... It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, the next card we'll talk about is Kabutops. Uh, it's a stage 2, 160 HP fighting type. The ability uh, Ar- Arcanic Ways, or it's not, it's Archaic Ways, there we go. Uh, apply weakness for your opponent's active Pokemon. Uh, yeah, your opponent's active Pokemon's weakness is now times 4. And for 1 fighting and 2 colors, it is draining slash for 100. And you heal 30 damage from this Pokemon, which is kind of cool. Um, but, you know, hitting for four times weakness is sick, but there's just, isn't a lot of weakness triangles in this format with almost three of the top decks playing dragon type Pokemon or something without a relative weakness or something that just gets bodied by Drapion. So what's the point? Yeah, I was going to say, if Dragon Pokemon stay pretty prominent, then this card doesn't see a lot of play. But I could see this being interesting as an addition to something like uh, Zorobox, which we haven't seen really see a lot of play in a while, mainly due to the fact that um, we don't have Twin Energy anymore, so just relying on four double turbos is really sucky. Mm. Um, but I think it's a really cool ability. Um, the fact that it heals itself isn't half bad either on its attack. It's just a weird... Uh, attack cost of being a fighting and two colorless 
Um, and then the fossil that it evolves from too, um, I'll just mention it, the, the old dome fossil has a really cool ability. Um, not only do you treat it as a 60 HP basic Pokemon um, on the bench that can be discarded at any time, but it has an ability called Armor Shell, which takes 30 less. So uh, the fact that it's effectively a 90 HP uh, basic Pokemon is pretty strong um, to not get like easily knocked out and stuff like that. So I do think there is some kind of merit to this card because of the fossil and the ability on the Kabutops itself. Um, I just think it'll take finding a place, seeing what's going to happen with how the meta evolves um, once we get to this being uh, legal to play. Yeah, I agree. There was a deck. It was a total meme that I played, like, Chilling Rain type. I think it's about that time. Maybe maybe closer to uh, Fusion Strike, where you get all of the basic single strike Pokemon that have a colorless or a dark or fighting attack cost. You attach one single strike energy to them, and then I was using Ludicolo to bump that damage up by 100. I'm wondering if this was that missing piece to that deck. Because you attach one energy to, what was it, the Galarian Farfetch'd, or Surfetch'd or whatever, and it did Pierce for 40, you do the single strike energy, it does Pierce for 60, Ludicolo, you do it for 160, and now (laughs) you're hitting for four times, so... Yeah, those two stage twos. It's going to make that deck the next best thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, that uh, I remember that. The single strike box type deck. Mm-hmm. Yep. Played like Surviper and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, that type of stuff. Uh, go ahead and talk about Starmie. I think this card's kind of cool. So Starmie, um, it is a stage one, uh, 90 HP. Uh, has the ability Fishy Star. Once during your turn, you may put two damage counters on one of your opponent's Pokemon. You place any damage counters in this way, discard this Pokemon and all cards attached to it for a, uh, it says lightning and colorless on the description, but for a water and a colorless, which is actually on the card, yeah. it does speed attack for 50 damage. Um, I think the ability is kind of interesting. Um, the fact that you're just, you know, doing some more ping damage and also getting, you know, you're opening up room on your bench, uh, getting something you know say this is in the active spot you can get it out of the active bring something else up um i don't know where its fit will be whatsoever uh but i think this will definitely see some interesting play yeah it's it's just a cute little math fixer it's something insignificant yes it'll take up space in your deck which is kind of bad uh, but if we had something like nessa still in the format being able to chain this would be something that your opponents might get caught off guard by. So we'll see if something like that comes out in the future to kind of help shade it like a Misty card, if you will, because it is the Pokemon 151 set. Um, Cycling Road. I don't know if we talked about this one before, but it's a stadium. Once during each player's turn, that player may discard one basic uh, basic energy card from their hand to use this effect, and if they do, they draw one card. I love this. A community stadium is always fun, always cool to play because... It's completely randomized and decks that, you know, utilize energy in the discard pile. It's like the only place where you can inventory energy with recycler and superior energy retrieval and super rod all going to be in the format at the same time. I think that this is a really good stadium to kind of fit that niche. Yeah, and I think realistically this will see a very obvious inclusion in something like Gardevoir where you want those energies in the discard pile. Um so you can accelerate them with uh, Gardevoir itself. 
So I think this would be a good spot for it as well as, you know, just drawing a card. Um, but, yeah, I mean, community stadiums are also, like, you, they're good for both players, but that's the thing. It's like, it just depends if you want to allow your opponent to use it as well, too. But I guess depending on the deck, if they're not running very good energy recovery, maybe they don't use it. So, um, I, but yeah, I just think this will be a really good fit for that deck. I dare a Lugia player to try to use the stadium. <laughs> they don't play any basic energy. Like, I was like, that's not a basic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, go ahead and uh, talk about Old Amber and Aerodactyl. I'm really excited about this card. Um, so I'll start with Old Amber. Um, it's the fossil. Uh, there's no translation for... Oh, never mind. Or wait, is it's immune from it? effects from your opponent's abilities. Okay, so it can't be Sableye. Yeah. Which, well, no, that's, that's no good. the ability, so it can't be Gusted without Breon. And it can't be oh, Quickshot then... by... Yeah, it's uh, it's Fusion Strike Energy. Yeah, yeah never mind. I, I, my brain did yeah. not hear abilities at first. Effects so. of attacks, yeah. Yeah. Um, so then we'll go to Aerodactyl for uh, a cult. It's stage one, 130 HP for a colorless energy glide for 30 for two colorless devolution beam for 100. If your opponent's active Pokemon is an evolved Pokemon, devolve it by putting the highest stage evolution card on it into your opponent's hand. Um, I mentioned Zoro Box earlier, and I think this will be a very good inclusion in there if that deck ever takes off. But the fact that we're seeing um, EX be a thing right now um which evolves from you know kind of weaker basic and stage one pokemon i think that aerodactyl might see some cool play like you're not obviously not going to get like two and three prize um knockouts on it but you're going to knock out their their setup pokemon and get leave a you know evolution stuck in their hand that they can't use so uh, something about that kind of style of play is really interesting to me um, as well as I didn't mention, it also does have free retreat too. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's got that pivot that everyone kind of needs. You don't want to burn those precious double turbo energies on trying to get something out of the active. So something like this is really cool. With a lot of Pokemon evolving from, you know, 100 HP or less stage ones or basics, this can capitalize on a lot of good things because like Charmeleon's only 90 HP, so you can basically take that off the board. If you're utilizing Rare Candy, this is really going to capitalize on things because if it's taking your, um, what is it, Artibax? Is that the basic of Baxcalibur? Or it, oh, it, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's something. It's like the baby Godzilla, if you will. Um, you know, you're just wiping off the board and what's your opponent going to do with a handful of Baxcaliburs if they don't have a second one set up? Uh but yeah, and they've already wasted their rare candy too. Yeah, exactly. Like this will this will set you back a turn. I think this is really cool. Um, using this in lineage with things like Cherim also gives you a little bit more uh, diversity. And to hit for that full hundred is going to make a whole lot of sense too, because there are some tankier basics coming out, um, and the math will fix itself if you just continuously hit that number and recycle with the Zoroarks. Yeah, and that's actually kind of cool too to, uh, for Zoro Box, something like Sharem. That might be the the fix it needs for uh, less, you know, playing less uh, double type energies and stuff like that. Yeah, and you're playing a basic energy, so you can use Cycling Road now to draw that extra card. It's all coming together. See the, the broken combos, right? Uh, I'm going to talk about Cubone and Marowak. Cubone has the ability Bone Support. 
LOL. Um, and your Marowak's attacks deal 30 more damage to your opponent's active Pokemon. And for one fighting, it does double hit for 10 times. Uh, you flip two coins and it does 10 damage for each heads. And Marowak, 120 HP fighting Pokemon for one fighting energy. It does Bone Throw for 30 damage. And this attack also does 30 damage to one of your opponent's bench Pokemon. The Cubone will not boost the bench sniping. And that's originally how I thought it would work. But it does specifically say your opponent's active Pokemon, which kind of sucks. And then for one fighting and one close, it does boundless power for 120. And this Pokemon can't attack during your next turn. 120 boosted by 30, maybe 60, does make for some pretty spicy math on Marowak. However, you're just going to get outpaced by things like Lost Box. So it's a cute combo, but not necessarily the next broken single prize deck. Yeah, it goes back to just like Onyx. It's a it's a really cool idea, uh, really cool combo factor. But I think it's a locals. You're going for fun, and you you might want to just waste five dollars that day because realistically, at max, you're stacking three Cubones because one obviously has to evolve. Uh, so you're doing 120 damage and 30 to the bench, and everyone's playing Manaphy, so <laughs> you're not even gonna get that 30 damage to the bench. And yeah. I, it's just not enough damage for a stage one, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, it looks fun, but it's unrealistically, you know, bleh. Uh Big Balloon is also kind of cool. I don't know if you want to talk about that. <sighs> Sorry, excuse me. I yawned real quick. Oh. <laughs> the uh, Big Balloon is a Pokemon tool. If the Pokemon this card is attached to is a stage two evolution Pokemon, it has no retreat costs. So um, really cool that they are trying to um, support stage two uh pokemon unfortunately that also means uh ex can capitalize on this Mm -hmm. and have no retreat um and not just your one prizers but it's a really cool card uh if stage two decks do happen to take off which it seems like a lot of the water decks with the ear to engine have the possibility to really take off um i think this card will see a lot of play in those decks yep for sure Uh, i think specifically for the water decks it's probably better to play that skaters park that way when you are retreating you're just putting the energies into your hand and baxcalibur could forward them back in um this would have been really fun to have around for um the rillabooms and the colossals that we had previously though those things were so hard to move out of the active and this would have fixed all of that garbage uh i'm going to talk about nidoqueen and nidoking real quick i was really looking forward to this combo it's been a minute since we've had these two in the format together so this is their first time being dark type pokemon too because they are poison type and poison types are now considered dark so uh nidoking 170 hp dark type pokemon the ability king's motivation if you have nidoqueen in play ignore all energy in this pokemon's attack costs and for two dark and two colorless, it does Venom Impact for 190, and your opponent's active Pokemon is now poisoned. But it's also free if you have Nidoqueen in play. And then Nidoqueen is the second coming of Obstruct Obstagoon without the ability. Um, for one dark and one colorless, it does Queenly Press for 90 damage, and during your opponent's next turn, prevent all damage done to this Pokemon by your opponent's basic Pokemon's attacks. And for two dark and one colorless, it does Lunge Out for. 160 so yes it's a very cool combo no we don't have a lot of dark support right now other than things like dark patch but this was kind of a cool thing and i'm really happy that they included them and kind of gave them that boyfriends if you will like combo 
Yeah, I was actually gonna say it. It literally reminds me of like the the original base set or junk base the jungle set uh, boyfriends deck, um, where the Nido Queen you know helped or did more damage based on all the Nido Kings and stuff like that, but you know in a different order. Um, it being two stage twos makes it a little difficult. I know we keep talking about rare candy, but um, the fact that there is no real like super dark support right now. Um, and realistically, if someone targets down the Nido Queens and takes that out, which means your Nido King that's left on the board can't really attack, um, just makes it to where it's kind of um, a little difficult. But I, I think it could work. It's just I think you'd have to run really thick Pokemon lines of Nido Queen um, and Nido King just to be able to continually get going. Um, again, I think it's another one of those decks you bring to locals and you have a lot of fun with it, but. Um, as far as any kind of real competitive play, I don't, unfortunately, think it'll see anything like that. Yeah, I tend to agree. Uh, why don't you go ahead and talk about Jinx and Hypno? So Jinx, Jinx EX, it's a basic uh, water Pokemon with 200 HP for water and two colorless. Kiss goodbye. If your opponent's active Pokemon is asleep, it is now knocked out. Um, for three water energies, Icy Wind, 120 damage, and your opponent's active Pokemon is now asleep. Um, Retreat of 2, weak to steel because it is an ice type um, and resistance to nothing. So if uh, we were talking about this before the cast, if uh, Expanded was a thing, I think this would be so incredible. I Granted, I also don't take this with a grain of salt, everyone. I do not play Expanded because Expanded is extremely broken. If you don't win on turn 1, you just don't win. Um, but Mareep, uh, I forget what set it's from, but the one that auto puts them asleep and then you retreat it and then you go into this based you know or go into the jinx after you've already um oh god uh, aqua patched it a few times and attach return and stuff like that i think you would have like just every turn you'd be automatically knocking out and stuff like that so i think that would be really good in standard though um there's nothing really guaranteeing your pokemon opponent's active pokemon is going to stay asleep um so Truthfully, and there's nothing to automatically put them asleep during that turn right now. So, other than um, a card we'll talk about in a second, that's easily easy to set up. So it's kind of okay. And then going to that Pokemon that does, Hypno, uh, Stage 1, 110 HP. It's got the ability Sudden Sleep. Once during your turn, when you play this card from your hand to evolve one of your Pokemon, you may make your opponent's active Pokemon asleep. And then for two Psychic and a Colorless, Super Psy, 110. Um, like I said, it it does combo with the Jinx, but now with it being a stage one, it's not just auto, hey, I'm going to play this down instantly, um, turn two, and go. Yes, you can make a whole deck around it, but to be able to get those the energy requirements for Jinx, I think is going to um, make this combo a little harder to pull off than what uh, we really think. I mean, I guess you could run a really... Now, the more I think about it, Forget everything I said. You can run a lot of Raihans and you're good to go. Yeah, absolutely. Just chain Raihans and you're chilling. Um, I, I wish special conditions did more in the format. Like, we go back to when abilities didn't work if a Pokemon's abilities were, you know, if, if a Pokemon was affected by a special condition, their abilities wouldn't work. And I kind of feel like that would be a good way to fix the game right now. Um, but I don't know. I don't work with Pokemon. I just play it. Um, We'll talk about Chansey. Chansey has 110 HP, the ability Lucky Bonus. Once during your turn, when you pull this card uh, from your face-down prize cards, and if you have an open space on your bench, 
You can use this ability before you add it to your hand. Uh, put this Pokemon onto your bench, then flip a coin. If heads, take another prize card. So, it's kind of cool. Like, you could potentially take another prize. And it is based on a coin flip. But then you're also putting down a 110 HP basic that has an attack for three colorless called Gentle Slap. So, it... You gotta get really lucky for this card to be effective. Yeah, I mean, we kind of saw like I, I like the the idea of being able to potentially take an extra prize card. We saw like that uh, way back the Turbo Jirachi with the Jirachi Prism Star that you know you would just take an extra prize when you drew it, and so you were you were con- you were actively taking extra prize cards and stuff like that. But um, we've seen a lot of cards in the past that have been. Um, and even in current format where it's like take an extra prize or if you drew this f- as a prize card, um, you know, when you took a knockout and stuff like that, X happens. And they don't really see a lot of play, unfortunately. Um, maybe something else is coming up in the future. But, I mean, yeah, I, cool ability, especially to be able to take an extra prize card. Like, could you imagine doing something wild like Greedent VMAX for two extra prize cards? Um then also grab this and take another prize, you know, just like taking like five freaking prize cards or all six prize cards in a turn or something like that because Greedent VMAX knocked out knocked out a um, a VMAX or something like that, and then you drew this and flipped heads. Yeah. But other than that, like crazy wombo combo, like I, it's cool, but again, I don't see, I don't know right now if it's going to see a lot of play. Yeah, take it to a locals, have fun and that's about the extent of it uh we'll talk about the three birds real quick um why don't you go ahead and lead off with articuno so articuno is a stage one or sorry not stage one basic pokemon with 120 hp water type the ability ice float if this pokemon has any water energy attached to it it has no retreat cost um for three water uh three water energies blizzard for 110 this attack does 10 damage to each of your opponent's bench pokemon um, retreat of two, weak to lightning, resistance to fighting. It looks like it is, yeah. Um, and I think this card's kind of cool. Um, I think we need some more Pokemon that do spread, and I think this is kind of interesting because it, it actually does hit somewhat decent numbers to the active, and it does do a little spread damage to the bench as well, too. Yeah, for sure. If uh, Dragonite stays pretty good, I can see this Articuno being very punishing because you're already doing damage to yourself by hitting with Dragonite and being able to forward that and really create some fun math and numbers that you have to do on your side of the field. Uh, Articuno will help you give that push. And um, they gave the Moltres and the Zapdos all the same ability, which I actually think is kind of cool. You do need to have um, the specific energy for that Pokemon's attacks to have the free retreat but the Moltres has 120 hp as well same ability if the pokemon has any fire energy attached it has no retreat cost and then for three fire it does flaming flight discard two fire energy from this pokemon and this attack does 120 damage to one of your opponent's benched pokemon Uh, i've been playing a lot of that delphox delphox v rcs deck and let me tell you man having a sneaky snipe attacker just in your back pocket is so sick and i think that Moltres kind of does it better because they go to the discard pile as opposed to the lost zone so this might be something that i have to take into consideration if i had choose to play that deck ever again 
Um, but things like Magma Basin, Armor Rouge give this a huge uh, buff, and I really do like this card for sure. Go ahead and talk about Zapdos. And then Zapdos, uh, the only one of the three birds that got the EX treatment. So it's got it's a basic Pokemon, 200 HP. Um, again, the ability Bolt Float, if this Pokemon has any lightning energy attached to it, it has no retreat cost. And then for three lightning energies, Thunderbolt, Flurry, 120, this attack does 90 damage to one of your opponent's Pokemon that has any damage counters on it. So, again, more spread, really good numbers, um, and just a really good sniping ability, especially something that already has some damage on it, too. Um, it's kind of like reminiscent a little bit of the... Uh, the Jolteon VMAX, where if it already had damage counters on it, you would do, you could damage it on the bench. Mm. Um, but with, I mean, that's pretty easy to set up, especially with something like um, the Halucha that we had with that flying flip that puts uh, damage counter on two of your opponent's Pokemon. So, um, really good, honestly. The fact that it's 90 to the bench and 100 to the active. So, I, yeah, I like it. No, I tend to agree. Um, you know, we have Penny in the format. With 200 HP, this thing gets a little beefy. We also have that uh, that wonderful tool card that gives all of the basic Pokemon in the format an additional 50 HP. Uh, makes it a little hard to deal with. Choice Belt will help you fix your math against EX Pokemon. Uh, just swing for fighting weakness and you'll be fine. Uh, but this deck has Electric Generator going for it. So Zapdos could very well see some play. Having Free Retreat, having Energy on it always makes it. Very good. Those decks are already playing Beach Court, so that's not necessarily like the the card that it needed. Um, but very cool. I really like what they have coming out with Pokemon 151. It's just showcasing a lot of people's favorite Pokemon from the OG set. And I uh, can't wait to talk about the rest of them when we go for the whole set list and talk about some other things we've theorycrafted or thought about along the way. Yeah, there's a lot of cool cards, and I can't wait to see what the rest of them do. For sure. We'll do a quick Patreon Discord update. Sounds very similar to last week's. Our next webcam locals will be May 24th at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It will be in standard format. And GLC will resume in June as a bonus tournament. That's right. There will be two tournaments in June. And prizing for this month is going to be uh, 100 Scarlet Violet digital codes that you can redeem on Pokemon TCG Live or if you're still using um, TCG Online, uh, but that's unfortunately going to be sunsetted very soon. And the monthly giveaway is going to be a deck box holder from Ultimate Guard uh, in addition to some sleeves. So make sure you're coming to uh, the locals and hanging out with us. And if you want to be a part of the locals, come join our Patreon. All right, Justin, go ahead and plug the show. All right, guys, if you guys want to find me on Twitter, my handle is PokeBrewsTCG. And if you want to find me on Instagram, my handle is PokeBrews. Uh, Instagram is still the easiest way to reach me. Uh, but on both socials, you can find my Linktree account where you can find things like my TCG Player Affiliate link. If you use that link, any shopping you do directly supports the show and any upcoming regionals, expenses, uh, or NAIC that's coming up here soon, uh, all while costing you nothing extra. You can also find things like our PCS Podcast official merchandise by Bonfire. That link is bonfire.com slash store slash PCSpod. Um, we also have a Twitch channel where we'll be live streaming the pod every week as soon as we get that going, um, as well as some tabletop games. Uh, you can find that at twitch.tv slash PCSpod. And on to you, Drew. 
All right. Uh, if you want to find me on social media, I am on Instagram and Twitter as Katana TCG. Make sure you're joining our Patreon to get entries for the monthly giveaway, which again, this month is a deck box from Ultimate Guard as well as some sleeves. And you get entrance to the PCS locals where you can win a hundred Scarlet Violet codes for your online platform of choice. All right. And uh, go ahead and sign us off, Justin. Remember to cut your opponent's deck, and we'll see you guys next time. See ya!